0: All right. Well, bravo. Here's the thing about today. Today is New Year's Eve day. Today, we have children in the service with us and they don't have another place to go. Today, we're going to set a record for how short, how briefly, how quickly Mike preaches because we want to get you on your way. But we don't want to go through the motions. We actually want to talk about this Savior that we've been singing about. And so, ah, here we are, and we're going to, I don't know, spend 20 minutes today. I hope that's tops in, in this part of the service. And what we're going to do is count down from three to one. So just help me out here. How do you do that? Fantastic. I'm going to make it slightly more complicated for you in a bit, but first I want to ask you a question. The question is a simple one, though the answer may not. What do you know about God? Just think about that for a moment. What do you know about God? Got a thought? Hey, we're kind of intimate today. Yell something out. Awesome, all-knowing. Bigger than the universe. He's everything. everything. Okay, we've got some answers. So here's a follow-up question. How do you know anything at all about God? Think about that for a moment. (laughs) Didn't have to think about that. You jumped right to it, Bernie. Okay. Now, there are, though, different ways to answer this question than Bernie just did. She said his book. Um, but I want to start us with a principle that God can be known and we know who God is to some extent because God has shared himself with us. That was an active thing he had to do in order for us to pick up what he was putting down to get a glimpse of him, to have any idea of who he is. So we know God because he shares himself. We wouldn't know him at all if he didn't share himself. We couldn't know him. He was too far away from us. He was too perfect, perhaps. But he shared himself in many ways. And what we know about him, the way we know more about him, the way we know what we learn, whether it's true or not, is by looking at his word. What we know about God comes from the Bible. And a quick note here in recognition of the all ages kind of situation we've got going on today i'm using a different translation of the bible than usual it's the new international readers version it's originally intended for people whose native tongue is not english who wanted to to read it in english but i find it's pretty helpful don't do your bible study in it but if you just want to read a book of the bible i find it can be very helpful okay Now, how many gods are there? The quiz continues. Okay, an emphatic one. All right. How do we know that there's only one God? God reveals that himself when Israel is told, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Okay. So there's more to the story than that, though. And we're going to count down from three because our God is one God in three persons living in love and unity. So we're going to go from three to one. So here's the thing I want you to do. And we'll start our countdown with three. And when I say three, you say persons. So let's try that. Three. Fantastic. If I were to throw in a random three somewhere, what would you say? Thank you. Okay, where do we see this three persons thing? Well, lots of places. Oddly enough, the Bible starts with an allusion to this, an introduction to the idea. In Genesis 1, 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth didn't have any shape, and it was empty Darkness was over the surface of the ocean. At that time, the ocean covered the earth. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And this is the Bible's introduction to the story of how the earth was created. The Bible's story tells of it being created on purpose by God. And there are a number of different explanations that are available outside the context of the Bible for how the universe started, but... One of the principal ideas is once upon a time, there was nothing, and then something happened, and then there was something. Zero to something, and something happened in between. And the Bible story, and so our story about how the universe started, is that God has always been, and he created it. There's something in these first few verses that helps us understand why God is creating the world and everything in it, including you, including me. God created, it says, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, it says, and God spoke. And here's what John told us in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, the Word was already there. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So the Word is a person, and is God, and is with God. Okay, and if we go back to Genesis and we go, we've got God, we've got the Spirit over the waters, and God speaks things into existence, what do we use when we speak? Words. Our voice articulates words. Jesus is here with the Father from the beginning. So, we've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, one God in three That's right. Okay, they were all present. God didn't need to create anything because he's already got this relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're together. They love one another. They're in unity. They've got relationship forever. These three persons, thank you, are loving each other with unity of purpose. And they're reaching out to create and love us. So... This God, the actual God of the Bible, wasn't too far away from us, it turns out. He was not too perfect for us, it turns out. He made us to love us, even though he knew we were going to make it go wrong. So, what we know about God, who is three... is that he's always been in this loving union. And God created humans with the capacity to have relationship not only with each other, but with God. Genesis one twenty six says, Then God said, let us make man in our likeness. Notice God is talking about us. Okay. And in our likeness, there's something special about humankind that's different from the animals. Somehow, we are capable of something that the others don't. So God made Adam and Eve. They knew what it sounded like. When God walked in the garden. Okay. We we find that out a little bit into Genesis. That when they hear him they hide. Because does anybody remember why they hid? Did Adam and Eve eat too much candy? And therefore they had to hide from God? Okay. I see some shaking heads. But for benefit of the podcast. Did they eat too much candy? Was that the problem? Thank you. Did they eat a snake? Did they eat from a tree that was off limits? Oh, they did. They ate it because they didn't trust God. They didn't love God. They wanted something else that he hadn't given them. Even though it turned out he had good reasons for withholding it. They ate because they didn't trust God. Now we're counting down from three. (laughs) There's coffee in the lobby for later. When we get to two, I want you to know I don't mean Adam and Eve. I mean Adam and someone else. Can you guess who it is? Is it Bluey? Is it Kermit the Frog? Who is it? (laughs) Okay. We've got all kinds of. uh, Yeah, it's Jesus. Okay. Let's pretend we're in Sunday school here. That's likely to be an answer. So when I say two, I want you to say Okay, it's a longer word. I apologize. Representatives. So, two. Okay, what was three? Two. Okay. Well done, all of you. So, Adam introduced all of us into being rebels. Not the good Star Wars kind, but more like the Death Star kind of rebels. That's, that's our jam. And we continue to act like our first representative, our first of two okay all right all right more more caffeine required representative adam made the human family rebels against god here's what the witness to jesus named paul what he says about how god loved us enough to send a new representative to free us romans five fifteen. god's gift is different from adam's sin many people died because of the sin of that one man but it was even more sure that God's grace would also come through one man. That man is Jesus Christ. God's gift of grace was more than enough for the whole world. And another witness to Jesus named John says this about God showing his love for us. First John 4, we recently were in this book in our series Verses nine and 10, how did God show his love for us? He sent his one and only son into the world. He sent him so we could receive life through him. What is love? It is not that we loved God. It is that he loved us and sent his son to give his life to pay for our sins. And at this moment, I wanna just stop talking to you and take about three minutes for a, a short video. It's a commercial, okay? It's almost 10 years old, you may or may not have seen it, but I'd love for you to watch it and think about what you see going on. Jenkins, I'm oh, Ein Blitzer kommt! Ein Blitzer kommt! Kim? Jim! Jim don't, don't, do it! Halt! Es hey. er ist nicht bewaffnet! Nein, Otto! My name is Jim. My Name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut like mich. Rose, she's called. I'm schön, <laughs> Ich Frohe Weihnachten. Uh, if we had Sainsbury's here, I might shop there. It's a UK supermarket chain, made that commercial for, I think, 2014. And if there were more commercials like this, I might watch more television. If there were more commercials that moved me when I saw them like that, I'd be amazed. And here's the thing about that, There's an, this is a historical fact, you can check it out on the web. Uh, An unofficial truce happened in World War II in 1914. And they sang Christmas carols together. They exchanged equipment and, I don't know, they, they interacted with each other. And you saw the guys with their hands up coming out of the trenches with fear and hope on their faces. And to me, there's something incredibly moving about that, how... Christmas comes into our world and changes the possibilities of what is possible. So, this was a horrific war that everyone thought was going to be over instantly. And at that point in the war, it had already gone on, That basically everybody who had joined in expected it to. And all the terrible things that continue to plague humanity through things like war, they're an inheritance from Adam. It's it stuck in our genes. It's stuck in this cursed world. But on this silent night we see that glimpse of hope because this behavior doesn't make any sense if we're just in a dog-eat-dog world and if all that matters is the biological determinative that I'm going to win and I'm going to survive and so are my kids. Those men stepping out of the trenches with their hands up are portraying The kind of love that Jesus showed, putting himself in the hands, in the power of people who are literally their sworn enemies. And the men stepping out of the safety of the trenches with their hands up. I admire that. I admire that. I want to live like that. Here's what Paul says in his first letter to the church in Corinth, which was a pretty wacky, dysfunctional, Church, all kinds of shenanigans go on. Paul said, look, like Adam, we were made for earth, but like Jesus, we can be made for heaven. And you don't walk out of the trenches with guns pointed at you if you just feel like you're made for earth, because you're going to cut that life short. And when my father died almost a year ago, I was really grateful that he depended on Jesus, not just to pay for his sin, but to love him and accompany him forever. And when Miss Rosemary passed away this past year, I felt the same way. There was a certain hope in how they lived that made them hopeful for what came next. And I get love in Father God, one of the three. Thank you, three persons. I get love like I never got from my father, even though he was a loving dad. I get to experience the love of a brother, Jesus the Son, who's already said no to all the things that I need to say no to, but I'm not terribly good at saying no. Things like wanting my own way that I should say no to, not caring about others like I should. And yet I get to experience the love of God through the Spirit in guiding me to do the yes things that I ought to do that I don't want to do. Things I wouldn't say yes to without God's love. Things like loving people I find difficult to love. Being patient with people who are really, really self-centered. I mean, unlike me, obviously. Um, People who can't keep their hands to themselves. People who are always nitpicking other people. And certainly, I never do anything like that. Use my words to hurt people. That's never happened to any of you in this room, I'm sure. Our loving God is three Persons in unity and relationship. And there are two. Okay, representatives. I heard, I heard two different words being spoken there. Who are they? Adam and, and Jesus. Thank you. Well done. So now we finally reach number one. When I say one, this one's longer. You have to say, there can be only One. One. Right, we're not in Highlander. There's just only one can be picked at a time. And 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Death came because of what a man did. Rising from the dead also comes because of what a man did. Because of Adam, all people die. So because of Christ, all will be made alive. So the bad news is we all start in Adam. What? Oh, terrible starting position. Destined to die. But the good news is... If we we're with Jesus we will live. There can be how many? 1. All right. This was my fault. I I you know. We get one representative. We only get one. Thank you. Okay. And that's good. Only one I know you're getting tired of these two. That's right. Only one helps us to live in a new way, and that's Jesus. For uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So I am very happy, Paul says, to brag about how weak I am. Then Christ's power can rest on me. Is that how you want to live your life, bragging about how weak you are? I'm so feeble. (laughs) Help me. But Paul accomplished all kinds of things with that attitude. And I said before that the men who stepped out of the trenches to create the truth were showing a kind of selfless love that echoes what Jesus showed. Our loving God doesn't sit far away. Taking notes, you know, on how well we try to act like Jesus. He doesn't have Elf on the Shelf spying on us, okay? He's not watching our Ring video feeds. He instead gives us. He gives us grace for the situations we face every day. And the amazing gift of his grace and power isn't all. He gives us one another. Even though it's true that we need to be united with one, Okay, nicely done. Took a moment, but you, you, you did great. Of either Adam or Jesus, we don't do that alone. Just as the three are united in love, so are we if we are in Christ. All right. Here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to close this out. We're going to read a version of the Lord's Prayer together. So, Romans 12, four and five says each of us has one body with many parts. The parts do not all have the same purpose and some of our parts don't function as well as we'd like. Also, so also we are many persons, but in Christ we are one body and each part of the body belongs to all the other parts. So God put us together. This is part of what he does because it's who he is. He is a God who is together from the beginning before we even existed and he wants to share love with us not just individually but together so who are you following all right to sum up here's our countdown our loving god is three in unity and relationship and there are two who are they Adam and Jesus, very good. Which one will we follow? Because there's only one. All right. That commercial, I really like that commercial. And there's longer movies that, you know, have more detail and stuff. The generals didn't like that, as you might imagine. um, Dudes making friends with the enemies, right? Uh, Our general, that's what he did. And that's what he wants. So... We are here for one another, and we are also here for the people who are outside this building, maybe not sitting there right now, but in your neighborhood, in your workplace, at your playgroup, in your book club. Um, Some of that selflessness that Jesus showed could go a long way in somebody experiencing what Jesus is really like. So with that, let me pray for us, and we will go celebrate the end of the year. God, I thank you for 2023 and all the good and bad and easy and difficult that it brought. And I ask for your blessing on those who are here and those who are listening. I ask that you would equip us uh, by your plan, Father God, through the power that uh, your Holy Spirit can give us uh, because of Jesus's work to love one another and to love those who don't know you yet. And I ask that 2024 would be a year in which we celebrate what you've done in a way that gets other people excited for how excited we are. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.